0: Hello!
1: And welcome to the Wild Cornwall Podcast.
0: A podcast by Cornwall Wildlife Trust. With me, Tom. And me, Lucy.
1: We started this series to mark the Trust's 60th anniversary, which we're celebrating throughout this year.
0: Cornwall Wildlife Trust was founded in 1962 and is one of 46 wildlife trusts working across the UK. Our vision is to create a Cornwall where nature can thrive. We simply want to create wilder places, wilder people and a wilder future.
1: On today's episode, we'll be speaking about one of the fundamental aspects of being able to live a happy and healthy life.
0: And that's our well-being. You'll be talking to the Trust's Nature Well-Being Coordinator all about foraging and how spending time outdoors can boost our mental health, won't you Tom?
1: Yep. It's absolutely fantastic when you get outside and you forage for free food. It makes you feel brilliant. We'll also be discussing how you can discover the joys of nature and its well-being benefits. Everything from exercising outdoors to walking barefoot on the grass.
0: And finally, we'll be sharing the wonderful wildlife you can look out for during May as the dawn chorus comes into full force. Today, we've come to Kabilla and Red Rice Woods. It's an amazing ancient woodland in the Glen Valley and it's actually one of the largest woodlands in all of Cornwall.
1: Yep, and that's right. And right now we're sitting here uh, with some sun poking through the trees, looking at a, a beautiful little stream and bluebells and wood an enemy all around us. And one of the things I love about this time of year as we, as we sit here listening to the bird song is that nature's greatest symphony, the dawn chorus, really really gets going each morning.
0: That's right the birds started singing months ago, but as spring progresses the chorus gets louder and louder with more species adding their voices to the choir.
1: So what species might we be hearing Lucy in the morning?
0: Well, birds like the song thrush, wren and chiffchaff chaff can all be heard at this time of year. But if you're lucky, you might also be able to hear the famous call of the cuckoo.
1: Oui.
0: They've just arrived back here and will be sticking around this summer.
1: They are spectacular, aren't they? And last Sunday, the first Sunday in May, the world celebrated International Dawn Chorus Day, which actually started in the 1980s and it's continued ever since. Mm. Were you up and about,
0: Lucy? I'm always up really early. i'm I'm an early bird. Are you <laughs> so I, I always get up, I'll go for like a run or a morning swim, and specifically on the dawn chorus day, I rather than listen to my music, i I listened to the chorus and I could hear everything and it just it was just beautiful. It really set my day up and it was really lovely.
1: Well, do you know I uh, actually crept down in the morning before all the rest of the family were up, and I sat in my garden, had a cup of tea. And I just listened to the beauty of the birds. It just gives us such a feeling of peace and grounding, doesn't it?
0: I couldn't agree more, Tom. During the lockdowns, my first port of call was just to rid the tree outdoors, whether that be the woodlands, the local green spaces, and of course the sea. Whenever I find myself struggling or stuck in the loop or just just really not in a good place, Mm. I'd, I'd go straight to nature in the woods and just hearing... Just the nature of be alive really helped.
1: It's a bit of an escape, isn't it? I guess it's so important for all of us to look after our mental well-being. Around one in four people each year will experience a mental health problem of some kind, according to the mental health charity Mind.
0: And studies have shown that spending time in nature really does help. Activities like ecotherapy, forest bathing, and cold water swimming all have a massive impact.
1: They really do, and I'm not surprised by that sort of finding. Back in July 2020, after the first lockdown, Cornwall Wildlife Trust's Nature in Lockdown survey actually showed just how much the majority of people valued nature during that really difficult time.
0: Speaking as well of nature and its wellbeing benefits, Tom, you went on a walk with Eve Tucker, the Nature Wellbeing Coordinator at Cornwall Wildlife Trust recently, didn't you?
1: That's right, Lucy. We had a really insightful chat about foraging and how great it is an activity to get you outdoors into that beautiful natural world. Eve thanks so much for meeting me to talk on the Wild Cornwall podcast about foraging and we're we're here today having a foraging walk but I I don't know exactly where here is where are we you just gave me a google maps (laughs) reference to to drive to so where are we?
2: Um, We're just outside Falmouth at the moment so we're going to have a walk through this lovely little woodland um, and then it's going to come out on the southwest coast path.
1: Fantastic and I can see uh, as we enter this woodland some what looks like some wild garlic and some lesser celandine and some bluebells.
2: Yeah, lots of flowers out and about now that it's spring, lots to forage as well, which is good.
1: Fantastic. And, and in your role, you're the nature wellbeing coordinator. Yeah. What sort of thing do you do I- each day?
2: Uh, so day to day it can vary quite a bit, um, but my role in general is all about getting people out and about and connecting with nature. Um, in order to help their well-being. So that could be just going for a walk around one of our reserves or we've been doing a series of foraging walks with the lovely Stuart Woodman which have been really great and then I've also done events maybe for people who are less mobile where we'll do some indoor things but still based around nature so we'll make natural bird feeders, um, insect hotels and do a bit of bit of arts and crafts with leaf printing and things like that.
1: Brilliant, a whole range of different things.
2: Yeah, it's been been really enjoyable.
1: So why do you think being out in nature is good for our mental well being?
2: Well I think there's a huge range of reasons really. Um, it's great for your mental well being, it's just a kind of safe space where you can relax. Um, that often helps you get talking to other people as well just because you feel comfortable. Um, it's really good for your physical well-being as well, without even knowing it. And there's actually five ways to well-being that have been identified by the NHS. So they're connect, take notice, learn, give and be active. So nature you can incorporate that into all of them. So we're, we're taking notice of what's around us now. Hopefully we're going to learn something. We're being active as well. So you're kind of hitting all those well-being points, which is pretty good. Yeah.
1: So let's just take note to describe what we're, we're seeing here.
2: Yeah. So we've got, um, a little path through the woods and either side on the banks, it's just carpeted with wild garlic at the moment. Mm. Um, lesser celandines, as you said, there's some cleavers, the ferns are all coming out. Um, you can probably hear the birds which is always nice
1: and, and we're lucky it's a beautiful spring day as well isn't yeah, it Yeah,
2: gorgeous um yeah we've got plenty of edible plants around us you can smell the wild garlic now you Can you? Yeah. Um, but also yeah just lots of nice spring flowers to look at as well
1: so have we seen any edible plants yet that we might forage today
2: i'm going to be taking A handful of wild garlic I think, Um, make some pesto later.
1: And how do you how do you do that?
2: So I tend to just, you don't even really need to have a food processor, you can just roughly chop it. Um, Roughly chopped wild garlic, don't need any extra garlic in there, Um, a bit of lemon juice, some olive oil and maybe a bit of parmesan or vegan cheese if you're vegan. and yeah, just blitz all that up really. Sounds delicious. With some, with some nuts, if you're not allergic as well, can be a nice addition. Um,
1: what what would you cook it with when you when you've made it?
2: I tend to put it on pasta, um, the classic pesto pasta. Yep. But it's also really nice on pizzas, or in a sandwich with some cheese. It's okay. really good.
1: Sounds great. I'll 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 get some and make some later myself.
2: Yeah. Okay, so we've just stopped here at a random part of the path. We've got all of this wild garlic here, um, which is a really great edible. In into the later parts of spring, you'll start getting the flower heads, and then afterwards the seed pods. So all of the parts of wild garlic are edible. Um, but just to note that when you're foraging, you should only be taking the four F's. So that's flowers, foliage, fruit, and fungi. Okay. Um, so it's actually, you're not allowed to uproot any plants. So when you're picking, just be careful. Um, some scissors can be really helpful. But but no uprooting. No uprooting. Um, and also, you should be aware of foraging sustainably. So never take more than a third of a plant. So if there's a big patch, never, never clear more than a third. But we wouldn't need to take a third. There's so much to, here, isn't there? Yeah. yeah, just take what you need. Mm. Um, leave some for someone else. But and this
1: wild garlic plant, this is um, the white head of it, the flower? Yes, yeah. so
2: they have sort of um, round, round flower heads that have multiple um, flowers on, which have these white, sort of uh, six pointed white petals. Um, and then once they go to seed, they have almost sort of like caper sized little seed pods and you can actually pickle them, and they make quite a nice alternative to capers, which I'm yet to try, but I've heard, heard good things.
1: So just picking it here like this?
2: Yeah, so I tend to just go just below where the leaf starts um, on the stem.
1: Great.
2: And just make sure that you're almost snipping it with your fingers, so you're yep. not accidentally uprooting it. Uprooting
1: the plant, Yeah. There you go. Thank
2: I'm prepared
1: you. i a good bag.
2: Yeah, these little um, mesh veg bags make quite good foraging bags because yeah. everything can sort of breathe. So what's next? This sort of feathery, almost ferny looking leaf, which is cow parsley. You do have to be careful of cow parsley as it's a member of the carrot family, which has hemlock in it. So just make sure that you take a book or are going out with an experienced forager Because there's quite obvious differences. But if you're new, it can be quite difficult to identify. Mm. And my golden rule is don't munch on a hunch.
1: (laughs) I Um, like that. Are there any books you recommend?
2: Yeah, I've got a couple with me actually. Food for Free, which is a great little pocket book that Collins Gem published. So that's always in my bag. That covers everything really. Plants, a few mushrooms, um, fruits and things like that. And then I've also got... The river cottage edible seashore which is really good for down here in Cornwall um, so it covers your, your seaweeds and things like that but also goes into sort of coastal plants as well um, so that's a really good one but I'd advise if you if you wanted to specialise in particular things so if you wanted a mushroom book then Roger Phillips mushrooms is the go-to right. and yeah always, always cross-reference as well if you're new and you're not sure about something, just make sure you're double and triple checking and then 100% sure. So
1: what's next?
2: What's next? Well, around this area, the cleavers um, the They're not my favourite um, in terms of taste, but they are quite good for you. So lots of foraged foods have really high vitamin and mineral content. Um, and obviously because you're picking it so fresh as well you're going to get all of those um, can you describe what they look like so cleavers are also known as sticky weed so the, the little plants that so you Things my children on people, put but on me yeah i'm not so looking yeah quite a few people will be familiar with them um but they're sort of long stems with these sort of um long petals kind mm. of raging radiating out of them um as they go up the stem and you can't, if you're wanting to eat them then they can be a bit stringy when they get big so you want the sort of younger younger ones um and i tend to just if i'm making a soup or something i'll tend to just throw them in um, they don't add a huge amount of flavor but yeah they're, they're really good for you so they're a nice one to put in really good for dogs as well um, are they yeah mm-hmm. and I think you can pay fortunes for dog supplements um but you can just go out and pick some cleavers if you Is want right
1: all this time I've been walking my dog, didn't know that.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably been foraging around himself for <laughs> some cleavers. Um, and then, yeah, we've got this nice stone wall, which yeah. is covered with quite a lot of ivy, but between the ivy you've got one of my favourites, which is this pennywort. Okay.
0: Also Slide known
2: as navelwort, because yeah. it kind of looks like your belly button. Um, it does. So it's a round leaf it's quite thick quite succulent um and then it's got this little dimple in the middle i guess
1: and you, did you just say that's one of your favorites
2: it's one of my favorites yeah i i recommend a taste if yeah. you'd like i think just it tastes now, like, like bean sprouts yeah so
1: while i chew it why, why is it your favorite what
2: um i just like the crunch i think mm. it's slightly salty some people find it a bit bitter but mm. i don't mind it too much um i probably wouldn't recommend cooking it unless you're maybe just quickly doing it in a stir fry because it tends to go a bit soggy. Okay. But it's quite nice as a, a bit of a bite. Yeah, it's quite like nice. A salad Crisp. or something. Um, pennywort, that was. Yeah, yeah. pennywort or walk. Um Yeah, one of my favourites, definitely. I think we should walk a bit. Okay, um. that's great.
1: So as we walk, Eve, how did you get into foraging? What, um, what about it appealed to you?
2: It was actually a couple of my, well, I, I was doing a bit during lockdown. Um, The woods behind my house have loads of wild garlic, and yeah, it's just a really good way to be more in tune with the seasons, and also kind of expand your your cooking to fit with the seasons. And then you might be more confident to buy seasonal produce at the shops. Yeah.
1: Um, And we're actually quite disconnected from the seasons in this day and age, aren't we? So foraging has helped you. connect quite meaningfully i guess
2: yeah it really has like i i'm often looking forward to summer just because it's warm and i can go swimming loads but now i find that i'm actually not wishing summer away but i'm really looking forward to autumn because that's when all the nice edible mushrooms come out Um, winter can still be a bit hard but you've got things that you can forage all year round really Um, and yeah it just yeah it really helps you take notice a bit more which
1: is always nice. And now we can see the sea, and we're just walking down to this beautiful little cove. Oh, and it's a lovely view as well. You can see over to... Is that St Anthony's head over there?
2: Yeah, you've got St Anthony's, and you can see Pendennis Park as well. They so get a nice view of the mm. Uh So this here is uh, from sorrel, and this is actually a great spot to talk to you about it, because um, it's just next to one of its poisonous lookalikes. So it's next to Lords and Ladies um, and you can see the leaves both have they're sort of arrowhead-shaped leaves. Yeah, they do look similar, yeah. So they've both got what's called backward-facing lobes. Mm-hmm. So essentially the back of the leaf has splits into two and is pointing down the stem. Um, but At this stage they look quite different, so the Lords and Ladies is very big leaves. Um, You can see the the vein pattern is quite different as well, Um, but when Lords and Ladies is young it can look a bit more similar to common sorrel. So the main differences that you're looking for is common sorrel always has very sharply pointed lobes, so you can see see they're really sharp, whereas Lords and Ladies is rounded.
1: It looks like there's a size difference as well. That the, the common sorrel is smaller. Is that yeah, normal? Yeah.
2: So that's common sorrel will stay sort of this size, mm-hmm. quite small. Um, lords and ladies will grow to really quite big. So you can see it's bigger than my hand now. Mm. Um, but when lords and ladies is young, the leaves can look a bit more similar. So earlier in the year you just want to make sure you're especially careful okay. but yeah if you just always check that it's got these sharply pointed lobes mm. then you know it's sort of sore and um, yeah, I'd recommend giving it a taste. It's um, got a really lemony,
0: mm. I, didn't I think it's like that.
2: apple skin flavour. Yeah. So yeah really sharp. It's
1: very sharp. Mm-hmm. Do you cook this or you just eat it like this?
2: You can cook it but it's really good in salads mm-hmm. um, But sorrel is really versatile so because it's kind of lemony you can sort of put it wherever a lemon would go Mm. which can be used in savory things sweet things as well so um i've had people make sorrel ice cream um i don't know
1: that i fancy that having tasted it (laughs) well i guess
2: guess like lemon cheesecake Mm -hmm. sorrel cheesecake you can do sort of possets and stuff with it get quite fancy um but yeah i just quite like it in a salad um, or a wrap or something you can also cook it it tends to as with most kind of wild greens go and not very appealing color and a bit soggy but if you're putting it in a soup then it doesn't really matter so here we've got some sea beet or sea spinach as it's also known as sometimes um, which is one of my favorite greens Um, so it grows all along the seashore which is great for us here in Cornwall um, sort of on the on the rocky the cliff sides and things like that and yeah it's it's really great in as a substitute for spinach really Um, so it's a sort of more succulent uh, leaf than spinach um, because it grows by the sea it's got those really thick thick leaves and um, you can eat it raw it's not my favorite raw but cooked it's really really delicious so cook
1: it in the same way that you would with spinach
2: yeah so I put it in a lot of pasta dishes and things like that just cook, wilt it down and it's a little bit salty thanks to it growing by the sea Um, but yeah really delicious and really really good for you as well
1: great Eva what is it do you think about foraging that is so good for our mental well-being I mean it's been lovely to be out here this morning but Mm -hmm. what, what do you think it is that makes it so good for us
2: I think it's it's all about just noticing the natural world around you um i think you know sometimes it can be quite hard to get up and go out if you're feeling a bit low and so having something to sort of aim for or something to look for can be really helpful in getting you out and about which is going to be great for your well-being but yeah it's then also just taking Really taking notice of what's around you and sort of connecting with it and being mindful. Um,
1: yeah, but perhaps being more mindful about what we eat and, yeah. and you know slowing down a bit about food is, yeah, is good for us, Yeah, definitely.
2: It? The slowing down really helps. Um, you know, you, you can really take time to relax. Um, yeah, I'd definitely encourage everyone to go out and when they're being mindful for themselves, also be mindful what they're foraging. Make sure they're leaving. Lots for the wildlife and for other people to enjoy. But if you're doing that, then you're guaranteed to have a great time.
1: Can't go wrong. What's your absolute favorite thing then to to forage throughout the whole year?
2: Throughout the whole year, I'd probably say, um, maybe field mushrooms. Okay. Um, I think it would definitely be some mushrooms, just because, I don't know, they just feel a lot more exciting, Um, but yeah. My favourite day out has been finding just a field full of field mushrooms. We could see them from quite a way away, just these big white globs in the field. Um, And yeah, it was really nice to be able to go home and cook some of those into a risotto. Um, Were they good? They were delicious, yeah. Really, really nice.
1: So you've obviously got over the fear that lots of people have about foraging mushrooms.
2: Yeah, I just made sure that I you know knew my stuff there's there's some mushrooms that i won't forage because a lot of them are really hard to identify but there are some really good um, delicious mushrooms that are quite easy to identify so if you're interested i'd encourage people to get a get a good book and uh yeah do their research and they can find some really really nice stuff
1: eve it's been a brilliant morning thanks so much for taking me on this foraging walk and i'm looking forward to that wild garlic pesto
2: yeah, I hope you enjoy. Thank you for
0: having me. Thanks. So how was your wild garlic pesto, Tom?
1: Oh, it was actually pretty good. And the act of foraging really does give you a stronger sense of connection with the natural world.
0: You know what? Now that I think about it, there's another great way people can connect with nature this summer. And that is? 30 Days Wild. It's the UK's biggest ever nature challenge that runs throughout the whole of June.
1: And how can people get involved with that Lucy?
0: Just visit the Cornwall Wildlife Trust website at cornwallwildlifetrust.org.uk forward slash 30 days wild. It takes a few clicks to sign up. The idea is that you carry out random acts of wildness each day throughout the month. It can be anything from listening to birdsong, making a bug hotel, or a bird box. and You can even go hug your favourite tree.
1: And do you have a favourite tree Lucy?
0: I mean these trees right now are looking very mossy so I can imagine they're really soft so I'd go and hug one of these trees to be completely honest.
1: (laughs) It does sound like a great challenge, I'll certainly be signing up and it'll be a great way to get the whole family involved.
0: That's a great idea, I'll, I'll definitely be roping some friends too to come along for a wild swim with me.
1: So don't forget to sign up online and also if you'd like to become a member of Cornwall Wildlife Trust just head over to the Trust's website.
0: Now that brings us to the end of the show but before we leave we are ending with a moment of nature mindfulness for you all.
1: So take a deep breath, close your eyes and let your mind relax and enjoy the mindful sounds of nature here at Kabila and Red Weiss Woods.
0: We hope we, you all have a wonderful month and we'll be back for the start of summer in June. Goodbye. Bye.